Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Trade Talk. This is L.A. Aiko. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be going over J.C. Penny. Uh, penniless J.C. Penny is out. <laughs> Filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy, um, April, no, no, March 18th. And uh, after multiple, multiple abysmal quarters, like the last time J.C. Penny has seen any decent profits was uh what pre two thousand eight it's been on a record slide for many many years with different CEOs for the past three I'm sorry not three years for the past uh ten years two thousand nineteen a hundred and fifty four million dollar loss uh, in Q1, Q2, 48 million, Q3, 93 million, and in Q4, positive 27 million. This goes to show you that for a whole year, the company just losing and hemorrhaging money. In a particular situation where the fourth quarter for many retail companies, including like Bed Bath and Beyond, was very profitable, and it was not very profitable for J.C. Penney. But before we get into why they're in, I mean, the the details of their bankruptcy, let's first understand what I think the trade is, the hypothesis, and how JCPenney got here. Because to understand how it got here is to understand why the um, why I think what I think, so to speak, right? Or Or why the consensus on the street is what people think. I am more of the consensus on the street. I am not contrarian, uh, but I do think there's an opportunity for a quick flip and some money here. So uh, JCPenney 1908 is when the company started. I'm sure anyone can Wikipedia this kind of stuff, but I really want to get you to an understanding of when the problems start. So you have a company that starts in 1908. It's plugging and chugging. It's making its way. It's cash only business. And um, it gets to a point where it needs to expand, becomes uh, becomes a credit-based business. That is not where the problems arise. <laughs> the problems later arise in the company, um, probably somewhere around 2012. So around 2012 and post-2008, right, there was a lot of issues for everyone in 2008, but in 2012 is when uh, the switch kind of goes into high gear and, and, and the company has a problem. So 2008, the company um, is losing money like everyone else in, in the general economy. And the executives are trying to plug and fill the holes, right? We run into an issue uh, to such a point that activist investors start to look at JCPenney and say, hey, we think we can save this business. And when they're thinking that, we come to a Mr. Bill Ackman. Uh, Bill Ackman runs Pershing Square, very big hedge fund uh, that is very big on being an activist investor and looking to uh, influence a board. Uh, so around that 2012 time, uh, Bill Ackman comes in by 16% of uh, J.C. Penney looking to get a new chief executive in the business. Prior to that, they've had a lot of retail chief executives and people who are very much in uh, clothing. 
the prior CEO is the reason why you would see at JCPenney uh, a brand um, it's like a watered down brand of something like it would be like, uh, let's say you, gosh, if, if you're old enough, you would know a pair of Janko jeans, right? Like those big pipe leg jeans that everyone used to wear in high school if you're in your early 30s to mid 30s. And you would see those same Janko jeans if you would go to um, Spencer's, right? And they'd be more expensive at Spencer's, but they'd be a, a lower quality model at uh, JCPenney. So it was just a watered down, JCPenney would do a watered down version of um, higher brands that were sold somewhere else, but the same brand, right? JCPenney was known for coupons. And when Bill Ackman came in, he was saying that, well, we're hemorrhaging this money because everyone's just coming in here and using coupons. And we need a new creative way to sell these clothes. So he starts to tell the board that they need to hire Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson was the creative uh, executive uh, for the Apple retail stores. When this happened in 2012, and I distinctly remember this back in that time, uh, everyone was jumping for joy because they were saying, oh man, you're bringing an Apple executive over to JCPenney. They're about to turn this whole company around. The problem was, as Ron Johnson was looking to implement all of these um, new changes, like what you look, if you've ever been to JCPenney recently, you see it's sleeker. It's not that old brown color. The fonts are different in a lot of stores. It's a lot of white. There's a lot of like a central place where you go pay for everything. And uh, it's like a circle. And then everyone else, you know, is all walking around the store and things like that. Well, when that happened, the customers weren't ready for those changes. I know it sounds weird, but remember, your customers in any retail store are, are usually regulars. In JCPenney, there, there's coupons. Like every weekend, there's a coupon. I remember when I was a kid and my mom used to go to JCPenney or even Macy's. Every weekend, there was a coupon, 10%, 20%. And the problem with these coupons is that companies like JP Morgan, uh, JP Morgan, <laughs> JCPenney, um, have a high fixed cost. So there's a high fixed cost to just run that business, buy the merchandise, do everything that it takes to operate. And when you start screwing with the revenues by taking away your core clientele who would normally use coupons, immediately you'd, you're going to run into a problem. When this happened, one third of the revenue was lost. Ackman and Ron Johnson were getting highly ridiculed by the board, highly ridiculed by shareholders, because this change that they implemented caused a disastrous situation. So you're coming out of 2008, you already have write downs because uh, people are buying less. You go all the way into 2012 hemorrhaging money, and then 2012, it gets exasperated even more because now you take away coupons, and now one third of your revenue is now lost. This is what is the fulcrum for where we are in 2020. Yes, COVID-19 is the real cause of what the... Um, no, COVID-19 is not the real cause of why JCPenney is in bankruptcy. COVID-19 is just the, I guess you could say, the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. But this, would, this had already started happening. So from 2012, they lost $985 million dollars almost a billion dollars in losses just because of changing the structure of how the business 
was run. So what did they immediately do? They got rid of Bill Ackman. Uh, Ackman took a $500 million loss. They got rid of Ron Johnson. Uh, he stepped down as CEO. And in 2014, uh, they went and got a lackluster CEO from a lackluster executive from Home Depot who they made their CEO. His name is really not even that important because his tenure was very short, literally like a year and a half, two years at most. And he had the bright idea that Sears should start uh, Sears. Pardon me. J.C. Penney should start selling appliances. Yes, appliances like they are Home Depot. His thought was that it's 2014. The housing market is starting to come back. Appliances are, are going to be a great way to push things as people are buying their beddings, buying home goods and things of that nature, and they can pick up their appliances. Yeah, 2016, he was gone. That didn't work. They stopped selling those appliances, which brings us into 2017. When the current CEO, uh, Jill Salto, uh, came in and led the company to bankruptcy. It's not saying that she was doing all the worst kind of work and she didn't know what she was doing. I mean, you, you get into a situation where revenues have considerably fallen year after year. They literally have not had a positive quarter until, tw- until Q4 of 2019 they hadn't had a positive quarter since before 2012. Everything is in disarray. COVID-19 breaks out March 19th. You have store closures. By April 1st, Fitch gives uh, JCPenney a triple C negative rating and says that the company should default within a year. It took less than a year. <laughs> and uh, a lot of employees employees are furloughed. And it becomes disaster. They pay executives bonuses and immediately file a Chapter 11 and look for approval and and apply for debtor in possession financing, similar to the situation with Neiman Marcus. However, in this particular case, the creditors don't like JCPenney. It's not really in the favor of the creditor to allow JCPenney to continue because JCPenney has a lot of real estate. And within their bond covenants, bonds maturing in 2023, bonds maturing in 2024, 2025, um, it's to their benefit to liquidate or request a liquidation of the real estate. JCPenney has a lot of real estate. So it brings us to how do I like this play and why do I care about this story? Mind you, before I did not care about this story, I've been seeing a lot of people running around trading Hertz rental car, Whiting Petroleum, uh, JCPenney. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, why would these retail traders do this stupidity? You know, yes, I, I did this stupidity on Dean Foods, but Dean Foods is different. It's farming and the U- and it's a very big farming company. The U.S. is going to save that. This is just a retailer, no different than Sears, and the federal government does not care about that. Why are people within these, you know, playing with these stocks? And I come to the realization that people don't know how Chapter 11s work and how bankruptcies work with corporations. So let me edify you. Firstly, you must understand that in a Chapter 11, even though you can make 150% on the on the stock real quick 
or the stock keeps running up and you're like, oh my gosh, but you know, it's doing well, they're going to save it. That is not how it works. A bankruptcy is simply looking for an intermediary, a judge, to help find a middle ground between the bondholders who are entitled to 100% of whatever the um, assets are of that company and a fair market value price that the company in default is going to pay. Shareholders generally get nothing. And the reason you get nothing is not because you are worthless. It's because you're a common stockholder. And before you, there's a preferred stockholder. And the preferred stockholder, he barely gets anything. And he only gets something after the unsecured bondholders get something. And they only get something after the secured bondholders get something. You're very many rungs down the totem pole. You're not going to get paid. Most of the time, you can only get paid in any bankruptcy I've ever been in before. I was only paid because I own preferred stock. And after everything was said and done, and it took about two years, I received on my preferred about 70, 75 cents on the dollar. In equity, you generally receive nothing or sometimes you get lucky and get three cents on the dollar. Today, I was listening to the JC, did JC Penny bankruptcy proceeding to see if a judge would allow a committee of investors or shareholders and representatives to do forensic accounting and account for what is actually left in the company because they feel employees are laid off. They feel the equity should have some value because JCPenney has cash. It's not going to matter. They are not the first people to do this. It only matters if it is in the bondholders' best interest because they control everything. The judge just mediates things, but they're going to get what they want in the end. It only matters if they are willing to concede. In my Puerto Rico story, bondholders weren't willing to concede anything more than 96 cents on the dollar. All right? So, and they got their money approved. And that was a far more dire situation. That is a whole that is a whole U.S. territory, municipality, federal government issue. And they let them get that. And one people and one person who can wipe you out uh, as a bondholder stakeholder is the federal government. They could have flipped the bond, flipped the whole thing on its head and said, you guys are going to get bonds that are going to mature in 2055, but we'll pay you 8 percent on them. And you got to hold this bag. Instead, they gave him cash and and bonds. So I'm telling you that J.C. Penney is not that important, not enough. But there is a silver lining that makes me say, you know what? I'm willing to put up some money on this and catch a quick trade to J.C. Penney popping up to a dollar and 50 cents. Right now, it trades at about 47 cents, 46 cents. And before then, it was trading as low as 17 cents. I will admit it is a, it's gambling. It's not a situation that's really structured because, again, your equity 
is completely exposed to being wiped out. However, there is so much momentum in the company from retail investors, not institutions, believing that everything is going to work out and and this company is going to be everything that it, it once was or at least saved to have another day in the sun because Amazon is going to buy up all the assets. It will not work that simple. Amazon and Sycamore, uh, which is a private equity fund, can make bids and offers, but they still have to be approved. And they're not coming in there to start bidding 100 cents on the dollar for defaulted assets. The assets will sell. That will happen. What they sell at is very important. The stockholder equity, in my opinion, is still going to get wiped out. You're just buying yourself time. And hopefully as you buy yourself time, you make some money. As I was watching over commentary today, most people were thinking as they get an approval for a, uh, a shareholder committee, the stock price would pop up. I thought so too. It didn't. I'm not surprised it didn't though. Because again, you need to know who wants to buy these assets and at what price. There's always going to be people who are interested in buying assets. Even when um, Barney's went bankrupt, there was one bidder that was interested in buying just the name of Barney's. And they bought it. But they thought they would have more bidders to buy all the inventory and assets or merge with them to come out of bankruptcy. There's always a someone who's always willing to buy something. You just don't know what they're willing to buy. So as it pertains to JCPenney, yes, the company is still operating. But as an example, with um, Benetton and I want to say even Pure One Imports, the vendors start pulling out. It's happened to, uh, to Toys R Us. The vendors who supply the product that's sold in the store start pulling out and saying that they're no longer going to ship to the company. Therefore, the company doesn't have enough stuff to sell. I don't think this happens to JCPenney, but it is a huge risk. And if you see that happen, doesn't again, it doesn't matter what momentum is going on in the stock. They don't have stuff to sell. It could happen. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. But I do know that there is enough momentum in the stock to, to get $1.50 a share. You could lever up, make a quick flip out of this whole thing. But do not get caught holding the bag. And I know I say don't get caught holding the bag. And, you know, the, the structure of this podcast is not about giving you investment advice. It's really just me telling you what I'm going to do. But like I like saying it like almost like I'm giving advice. I like talking about the subject matter this way. But that's what I'm thinking in my head. Don't get caught holding the bag. I'm literally only willing to get in, not to hold till a dollar fifty, but to get in and to see where certain resistance points get taken out. For instance, when you were at 17 cents and everything shot up, you had a, a, a high and the last resistance was 63 cents. How do you know it was 63 cents? Look at the chart. Go back a few, uh, a few weeks to how 
the stock fell in price and you will see what the last high was uh, before 17 cents. The last high established itself at 63. And after 63, the next resistance is 70 cents to 75 cents. If you can break that 70 to 75 cents and hover above, hover nicely between like that 50 cents, anywhere from 50 to 45 cents, hold that support level, you should be able to see 70 to 75 cents. And there'll probably be enough people in there trying to pile into the trade to get you over a dollar to a dollar fifty. All this is is gambling and people just having fear of missing out and crowding into the trade. Uh, an Amazon buy does not mean everything works out. The bondholders have to agree to that. And we have to see what the bondholders are trying to say. I am a bit excited for the stock because, you know, it's not bad to put up like five grand, turn around and flip it to 30. You know, it's, it's like a cheap trick, you know. But I say with caution really understand what it is that you're doing. When Anytime you're dealing with a bankrupt company, that is why I always talk about the bonds. From Puerto Rico to Neiman Marcus, I speak about the bonds. That's who controls what's happening. And you need to know how much debt has been issued, what cash is on hand, and, how, and what debts they are servicing. If you have debtor in possession financing, you're going to have to service the debts while you're in that bankruptcy um, because defaulting on those debts means you accelerate the the bankruptcy. Or you and your creditors have agreed that they're going to furlough those payments. In the case of Neiman Marcus, the, the creditors agreed to furlough them the payments. I don't think that's happened here at Neiman Marcus. I haven't heard it. I haven't read it. Um, but they need something like that to calm some things down because you should see hearings every month sometimes two a month and we will see where everything plays out but i am excited for a little flip i'm interested um jc penny again what i'm saying is i'm willing to buy long you can't short it no there's no there's no spread on the downside i'm willing to buy long not willing to hold till 150 but my Maximum price target is 150, so I am not held accountable for um, the bankruptcy proceedings not going the right way. You will not know that the bankruptcy didn't go your way until the day that they're in court and a particular thing doesn't get approved. And when it doesn't get approved, you're going to have to wait for the next wave of momentum that's going to come from more news. And it's going to take another month or two to get that news. This is why you do not hold bankrupt companies unless you know there is a government stake in keeping them alive a la Dean Foods. JCPenney is on the OTC pink sheets now because for over, uh, what, 100 days it hadn't had a dollar uh, tick, quote. So you would have to Google uh, the the JCPenney ticker, but it's there. This is LA Echo with Trade Talk. I thank you guys for tuning in. See you on the next episode.